You're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 431 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. I made it. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagans. Live and in your face. (laughs) 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 You are listening to So Is Your Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd in person. Yep. Podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about our time at Rhode Island Comic Con. And then we've got our review of the latest MCU Disney Plus series, She-Hulk, colon, Attorney at Law. But before we get into all of that, we are all here in the same room recording (laughs) for the first time in three years. How the hell is everyone doing this week? Marcellus Reagans, how are you? Cue the high school musical, we're all in this together. Uh, It's great. It's great. I got to test out our new recording equipment uh, and see if it works. So knock on, well, don't knock on wood. It's going to mess up the bikes, but somewhat knock on, I'll knock softly on Aubrey's paperback book. There we go. That uh, this is all going to work. And uh, this episode will not sound completely different from the past 429 or plus, 30, one. But yeah. plus one episode. It uh, might because we don't have our crappy mics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Marcos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it feels good to actually do like a podcast like other shows face to face. Fantastic. Aubrey, how are things going for you? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive. I'm here. <laughs> Took a plane. Excellent. Well, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing fine. I'm really tired. And uh, I've been sleeping on the floor. <laughs> we offered. And uh, we're having a good time. We're having a good time at Rhode Island Comic Con. So let's not waste any time. Mark Ellis Reagan, yes. please tell the listeners where they can find more So Is Your Podcast. And then we'll jump into some Rhode Island Comic Con talk. All right, so everybody can head on over to soulwizardpodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, You can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. That's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there 
regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a lot of time. All right. Well, we are back, ready to talk about Rhode Island Comic Con. This is the 10-year anniversary of the biggest show in the smallest state, Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, we're here this year as press. Once again, we all decided to come hang out together. Aubrey, tell us about your journey to Rhode Island Comic Con from Virginia. You came all yeah. the way here to hang out with me and Mark Ellis. I tried really hard not to, not to leave my state. <laughs> because you love your state yeah. and you want the to stay there. The state of depression? <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, that's who it was. It's warm in Virginia, and I was like, fuck, it's going to be cold in Rhode Island. and But it wasn't. It wasn't bad. So I, I hopped on an aeroplane, and it was only about an hour flight, which isn't too bad. But the Providence Airport is really small, so... It was kind of cool to fly into a small airport and um, fly out in the morning from a small airport into a bigger airport. We were like 50-50. You were actually going to come. <laughs> I know. We should have put money on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you hadn't really mentioned anything about it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Aubrey is not saying anything because she's not going to come. But she's going to spring it on us on like Friday afternoon when yep. me and Mark are already in Rhode Island and yep. there's nothing we can do about it. So that was that was my thoughts. But you you did it. You pulled it off. You I'm showed up. I'm just so like, oh, I have to spend money. There's so much money. And then you guys were like, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll pay you back. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. No excuses. And then I, even, I got to the airport and they were like, how flexible is your flight? And I was like, I'm about $250 flexible. <laughs> <laughs> what are you offering? <laughs> what are you buying? <laughs> yeah. But then they, they didn't need to bump me, so... And then, of course, so if they ask me in the morning, I'll be like, I'm $250 flexible. <laughs> there you go. Yes, this trip to Rhode Island Comic Con paid for by our super fans on Patreon and the help of some advertisers we've had throughout the past year. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a very good year, so we decided to splurge and all come together at Rhode Island this year. We usually go every year to Rhode Island. I guess this would be considered our home Comic Con. This is the first year I've been to Rhode Island. You guys normally go without me. Right, right. Which I, I was telling Adam, <laughs> I was really surprised how big this Comic Con is. Like, I didn't think it was this big. I thought it was like... Remember the time we went to Kineticon? Like, I thought it was about that. Yeah, that was not even Kineticon. That was your mini-con. No, no, no. Kineticon. It was like it was the in first the, uh... time we ever went there. Mohegan Sun. It was at the Mohegan Sun. No. Aubrey's no. mixing. <laughs> this is the multiverse of madness uh, for Aubrey and comic book convention. She's mixing up your mini-con, Kineticon, oh. and Terrificon. Whichever one was at Mohegan. You've so. never been to that one before. I do. I have videos. Remember, I got lost in the casino. That was at Comic Con at Foxwoods Casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, it's it's all it's all a blur to me at this point. Because I drove down and it no, that was your mini con. When I drove down and it was raining and you and ate icing. mozzarella sticks. Yeah, that was yeah. at your mini con. But the one at Foxwoods, I thought it was like that size. That one was kind of smaller. And uh, I was really surprised when we walked in the building, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. "Crap." This is huge. This is like my marriage. My wife can't remember anything, and I can <laughs> I can remember what socks she had on on our first date twenty seven years ago. Good lord! Uh, so we're we're a good pair. But <laughs> me and Marcellus headed in Friday. Marcellus, what did you think of Friday at Rhode Island Comic Con? Yeah, Friday was good. I remember how crazy it gets because there's like this walkway between uh, one of the main the two main buildings actually. The arena area where they have, like, the big celebrities and then, like, the floor area where there's all of the uh, the sales and um, cosplayers and all types of some smaller panel rooms. Right, right. So, the, the way it's set up for people that aren't local, there's the – it's not the Dunkin' Donuts Center anymore. It's <laughs> the Dunk. RIP to Dunk. Yeah, it was called the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It was a basketball arena that's attached by a sky bridge to the convention center. And the con takes up all of those spaces in both buildings. So you have to walk across the dreaded sky bridge between the two. And as it gets busier and busier and busier, it can take you up to half an hour to 45 minutes to cross that bridge. I told Adam we should just go outside and then come back in. And it probably would have been a lot faster. Yeah, it's, it's just tricky. It's tricky to, to once you once you get in, your goal is to stay inside. Yeah, yeah. You don't really want to venture outside too too much, because getting in getting inside a building, in one of the buildings, is just a freaking nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed Friday. I, you know, we walked around and saw some stuff. I got to see an artist that I was looking for, and uh, you know, I didn't. I don't think I went too crazy on Friday, money wise. I thought I was pretty. Well behaved. Uh, Saturday is a different story, but uh, it's Friday. I think I did pretty good. So yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, our our Friday into Rhode Island Comic Con. Yeah, Friday is very slow uh, at Rhode Island Comic Con, and that's not a knock on it. It's just it's it starts Friday <laughs> afternoon. People need to get out of work. Most people don't get here until five o'clock, even. So you know we roll in at three o'clock, and it's a little slow, but. Honestly, it's great because you can walk around and actually like peruse things and yeah. talk to people and get pictures. And like Mark was able to find the artist he was looking for like that. Like it was easy. It was nice. It started to pick up slowly throughout the day as it was going on. But, you know, I was up since 6 a.m. on Friday. <laughs> so Friday I got up at 6 a.m. I took my son to school. I went to work for four hours and I came home and I had to shave my head and pack. And then Mark picked me up, and then we were just going pretty much nonstop until what, like 1 a.m., 12 a.m.? Yeah, yeah, because Aubrey didn't get in until kind of late. Oh, yeah, so, I did come in on Friday. Yeah, so we, <laughs> me, and, me and Joy were tired. We're like, man, it was, it was, a, long, it was a long first day. It was a tough first day. Oh, no, Aubrey's going to be here. Yeah, <laughs> so, so the, big, the big conceit was like, are we going to go pick Aubrey up at the airport? Because the airport's about 18 minutes from the hotel. And then we went to the con, we did everything, we come back to the room, we had a couple hours, and we were just like kind of laying here, <laughs> farting around on our phones and just vegging, and I'm like, man, I don't want to go get Aubrey. <laughs> we're, so we, we made made Aubrey get an Uber to come to the hotel, because neither of us could get up to get, like, go get her. Yeah, and, and to, to be fair, Rhode Island, uh, I think this might be my first time driving up here. Uh, for the con and Rhode Island itself, the driving in this neighborhood is just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I noticed that with my Uber too. I was like, I don't know if he 
is going to make <laughs> knows the turn. Going. Yeah. yeah, it's like a weird cross between like a a walking city. So there's people walking everywhere around here right. and little motorbikes and mm-hmm. electric bikes and scooters. And it's set up like Boston. So the streets don't make any goddamn mm-hmm. sense. And they're all small and there's all sorts of one ways, left turns, no left turns, no right turns. <sighs> Seriously. Don't, no access. Mm-hmm. Yield. Don't yield. Rotary. And it's busy like New York City. Yeah. So it's like a, a, a the worst combination of all three things. And Those I, fucking pilgrims. <laughs> I realize the people of Rhode Island don't care. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, you want to walk in the street? That's fine. We have a car. We're going to go where we want to go. Fuck you. Yeah. That's very New York of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good day on Friday. Aubrey came and we all hung out. We all went to bed. And then uh, Saturday was the big day. Saturday is the big day <laughs> at... Rhode Island Comic Con, it is pure insanity. Uh, that's how it is for most of these big cons. I know, Aubrey, you said you were surprised at how big this con is. Uh, it, this was beyond the, as busy. This is probably the busiest I've seen it since we started coming, it felt like, at least in a few years. You know? Yeah, in a few years. I remember there was that year that we were waiting for one panel upstairs, and there was another panel that was like, right. there was like two lines of panels or two lines of people waiting. It was waiting the MCU panel, and then the, right immediately after it was Stranger Things. Oh, is that what it and was? And it was a crush of humanity. Oh, God. It was just a mess. Yeah. I, that was a nightmare. So I don't think we saw anything to that extent this year, but it, it was pretty crazy. Well, the good thing about the con is that the people that run it are smart. And we're not just saying that because they give us press passes and we like them. But they are trying everything they can to alleviate it. But it's a super popular Comic-Con and it's in the biggest building in the state. <laughs> so other than building a third building <laughs> next to it. Uh, I don't see why not. <laughs> uh, the size of an arena to house this thing. They, they can't go anywhere. It can't grow much bigger than this. Like it's hit full capacity unless they move it to a different state. And then it won't be Rhode Island Comic Con anymore. But that panel situation from a few years ago, they moved all the panels across the street into this big hotel so when you go to a panel, you leave those two buildings into the hotel ballrooms right. downstairs. That's helped a lot alleviating the lines, but it was still absolute insanity. There were points where you just couldn't move. Yeah, and there's different levels, too, to the buildings. Like, there's a whole downstairs level with the cars from Gotham City and, like, right. the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. car. Yeah, and so da- like- that's down in the arena. On the arena floor is all the big celebrities, like the right. big, big, big headliner celebrities signing autographs and pictures. And then a ringed around that outside is all like interactive stuff and cars mm-hmm. and all stuff. And then you go upstairs from that and it's another ring with all like vendors and stuff. Then you go across the sky bridge. <laughs> I realized down in the basement where all of the, uh, the cars and stuff, that's where the podcasters are. So if we ever get a table, <laughs> that's where we'll be. <laughs> no yep. tables. That's what Mark said to me as we were walking by it. It's like, if we had a table, that's where we'd be. That's where we'd be, right in that dark, dank corner yeah. with the cobwebs. <laughs> where everyone would ignore us. Yeah, no no tables. We need to be mobile at this con. So, yeah, we hit it up on Saturday today. Myself and Adam rolled in early. We got some interviews. We got some cool stuff going up on YouTube and TikTok that we were able to make videos of. And we got really lucky because the main doors don't open at 10 a.m. So, me and Adam rolled in around, like, 9.15 we were able to bang out a bunch of content before it got absolutely insane. But you could feel it change. <laughs> I want to say it was like maybe like 20 after 10, maybe 10, 15. And you could feel it like it was just getting busier and busier and busier. You can hear it. It's like. And it's like, oh, my God. Like it was absolute insanity from there. But, yeah, we got some cool interviews. Um, 
Then we headed upstairs. We checked out the 501st uh, Star Wars cosplay group. It has a gigantic area. Uh, they had all sorts of cool stuff up there. Um, we visited Zombie Leader for a little bit on Friday. Unfortunately, we did not get a chance to see him today. And then we had up some panels. Uh, Mark, what did you think of the panels today? Uh, I thought the panels were fun. Not, you know, if if anything, they're just a good place to like kick back and relax, <laughs> kind of charge your phone, maybe get some uh, get away from the crowd for a little while. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the panels. I thought the Disney Princess one. Which, uh, you know, we went to just to sit down and relax. It was actually pretty entertaining. You forget, at least I forgot, how monumental these films were back in the 80s. And how putting all, putting like Ariel and Belle and Aladdin in the same room could have like this Beatles effect on some people. Uh, so, yeah, that was, it was nice to see. Yeah, I was not expecting that panel to be so packed. Me and Aubrey and you and Adam were just kind of like we need somewhere to sit down <laughs> and like relax for like an hour and we'll just sneak into this panel and hang out. It's somewhat interesting to us. And it was like insanity in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was super busy. I was surprised at how much, uh, the voice actress for bell sounds like bell. Well, there, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but it was she like, does. Th- sometimes you get voice actors and they like put on a, a different voice, yeah. you know, like, like, um, the guy we just saw Ron Rob Paulson, he can do Carl Weezer. He could do Pinky. He could do Yakko. So, like, that's what I think of when I think of voice actors. But, yeah. like, hearing her, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> she sounds just like Belle. And then, like, she kind of acts like her, too. Like, the way that she was talking about um, how she treats uh, the voice actor for Gaston and and how she really liked uh, putting him in his place. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, her personality kind of <laughs> it reflects that, too. So... Um, that that was pretty interesting, and then hearing about Robin Williams and Gilbert Godfrey was really re- nice from them. Yeah, and they're they're very patient with um, the community, the neurodiverse community that had questions, <laughs> um, and I think that's the best way to put it. They see they were very very patient um, with everybody that came up to have that had questions mm-hmm. uh, for them, and they. You know, they were very encouraging, too, which I thought was super sweet. Um, even the kids that went up, they were super encouraging for the kids. So Yeah, they had some really good stories, too. Yeah, I really liked all of their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a surprisingly interesting panel. Then it was time for the big one, which is Adam's panel. Adam, <laughs> we got asked if we would moderate a panel. I have been against doing it in the past for my own personal reasons. And for the most part, I, I don't have a problem in front of a crowd. I have no issue walking up in front of a room of people and talking cold. Doesn't even matter. I don't even, you don't even have to tell me what we're doing. I just give, <laughs> give me a, a place to stand and we're good. Um, I just can't do celebrities. I can't do it. I can do them if it's a thing I didn't watch. So if you're like, Hey, okay. can you moderate this panel about days of our lives or something? You know, like some random shit that I've never watched or cared about. Yeah. You're not an issue. That? Not an issue. <laughs> if it's somebody in something I've seen, and like or or if it's hot chicks, I can't uh, do hot chicks either. But like so ugly people from things I don't like, I'm good at, but I just can't do it. And I I, I knew before I even opened my mouth, but I knew Mark wasn't going to do there's it. There's no there's no way I'm going to stand in front of an audience or sit in front of an audience and talk to an actor like that's yeah. that's never going to happen. I can't even be trusted talking to somebody I know. So. Yeah, I mean, 
Not to be rude, but I didn't even I didn't even ask you, Aubrey. <laughs> I can't I can't I can't be trusted. So I'm not even offended. <laughs> I can't even be trusted talking to you guys in front of an audience. I think we did a panel once, and um, it was like I think it was at your minicon. <laughs> that wasn't really a panel. Like nobody showed up to that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I, I can't I can't be trusted talking to anybody. So it's. I even would bow out if you asked. I'd be like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam stepped up to the plate, said he would do it. And it was wild. Tell you that. It was wild. Uh, He didn't have to do much. Actually, maybe you could have handled it, Mark. I know. I thought, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of. No, this it's a new territory, right? Like we don't interview celebrities. We don't. We don't. Adam does. Right. Adam Mm. does. And, you know, we don't do panels at all. So this is kind of a whole new kind of experience. And, you know, we want to root for Adam. We want to hope for the best. We want to support him as he takes on this challenge. And I think he did amazingly well, considering that uh, <laughs> the panelists, Dr. Peter Weller. Uh, Star of RoboCop. And Buckaroo Banzai loves an audience. Loves to get in front of the mic and let the audience know what's up, and yeah. he did that. And we, he, he we was not having it. he was not having a normal Comic Con no sit down Q and A panel. Nope. He wanted to stand up. He wanted to talk about history. He's a professor of ancient history. He mm-hmm. wanted to lecture about history and answer maybe one question about his movies. That was about it. I think he answered three, right. but I, I knew this was going to be an unusual panel when the subject of RoboCop didn't come up until about 30 minutes into the panel. Right. And there, I think there may have been a reason why everyone else passed on this panel. <laughs> so I think there may have been a reason. It, it's not, a, he's not an easy guest to wrangle in this thing. You know, you have a legendary actor who says, hey, Appreciate you moderating the panel. Have a seat. Relax. Mm-hmm. I got this. And he just stood up and delivers a basically a, a, an ancient history college course. Yeah. And, and the audience was into it, though. That was this thing. I was like, oh, my God. Like, these people are going to get mad. They're going to mm-hmm. leave. Nope. Everybody was into it. They were asking questions yeah, they were, about ancient history to him. They were challenging him, him yeah, in a way. Yeah, and he was loving it. He was loving it. And at the end, everybody gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think Adam did a great job. I thought yeah. he did a fantastic job. I don't know? even think the Disney princesses got a standing ovation. <laughs> nope, they did not. But you know who did Adam's panel? So, it was wild, and he didn't really have to do anything. But I think he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. And he did a good job selling... That he was pay- like he actually was paying attention. I shouldn't say yeah. he was selling. He was because pay- he told us afterwards how excited he was to talk about it and li- listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I would have been asleep up there, right? So, <laughs> right? I mean- and according to Adam, Peter Weller was super nice backstage, super polite, awesome dude. Everything took was great. With took, took pictures with everybody. Took picture with Adam. It's up on our social media if you want to see it. And it, I think it went really well. Despite what some other people might think, I think it went really well for what it was and what the situation was. I'd like to see anyone else that has any issue with that panel to go up there and you do it. You tell RoboCop <laughs> to sit down. You tell a legendary actor at his panel that says, I want to take the mic, stand up and just go off. You can relax. You tell him, no, sir, sit down and talk about <laughs> Buckaroo Bonsai. Seriously. So when you're ready to do that, you go up there and do the panel. We'll take away our free labor. And you can complain all you want. <laughs> I've said my piece. Thank you. So keep that in mind. If you uh, in the future, if you want to go see Peter Weller at a panel, 
talk about his films or talk about his his roles or maybe his directing. Uh, it, it may be a while before you get to those topics because my man has a lot of stuff to say about, you know, life uh, the country, the world in general, I felt really stupid. I'm like, damn, I should have paid more attention right, in class. Right, right. And don't say that he tried to direct anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, person asked a question and said, when you tried to direct in- movies, oh, my God, I, I wanted to die in my seat. <laughs> uh, he, he, you know, he, he told me that he did direct things. He That's didn't right. try. That's right. Yeah. Peter Weller is not only RoboCop, Buckaroo Banzai, but he's also an accomplished director, too. So, you know, make sure you get get that right. But I thought Adam did a good job. Will we ever get asked to moderate another panel? Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Adam did a good job. So, you know, then we went and got some grub. We came back to the con and we went to our final panel of the day, which was the Angry Geek Show Live. So we had to see our friends, uh, Louis, uh, Jamie, and their newest uh, member, Emily, uh, who is uh, known as Quinderella, and they uh, put on a live podcast show. Yeah, yeah, and made Joey made Joey get up from the audience and participate in a game and eat something disgusting, which you know it brought much delight to me and Aubrey. I must say, <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty weak stomach, so if I went up there, I would have thrown up pretty right. Easily. So it they played a game where seconds. you had to spin a wheel and then, but if you landed on certain things, certain people had to eat uh, those kind of gross jelly beans that. You don't know what flavor it is, but all the flavors are bad. Right. So then at the end, they called up myself and uh, two other podcasters that were in the audience, and we all had to have uh, jelly beans. But I'm fine. It was fine. I don't care. Yeah, Joey doesn't care. He's tough. He's tough. Meanwhile, I'm cackling because I'm loving every second of this. It tasted like cat piss. (laughs) And I want to say for about an hour afterwards, I could feel it in my sinuses. Like I could feel it up in my sinuses and like in the back of my throat. It was gross, but I, I didn't want to show like it was super gross while I was up there. Yeah. I didn't want to give uh, them the satisfaction of knowing they had got me. <laughs> so, right. But yeah, I mean, we love those guys. So let me ask you guys this after we went and we sat through that panel and we had a good time laughing and having fun with our friends. You guys ever want to do a live So Wizard panel? Um, Like I said, I can't I can't be trusted to talk to people I know without it being <laughs> edited. <laughs> so I don't know if I would be good at doing a live so wizard panel because I think I I would I would just fall apart. That kind of makes me want to see it now. <laughs> you're, you're you're kind of selling me on it now, Aubrey. We could just have you read descriptions of movies, but we won't tell you what movies they are until you get up there. I think we should just start a new thing where I just tell you my description of the movie rather than anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's called the review that we yeah. do afterwards. So. There's this movie, and this guy was in it, and he ran through buildings. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I would totally do it after a couple of beers. I uh, think a couple it, beers. Yeah, okay. I think it'd be great because I, I wouldn't give a shit at that yeah. point. Yep. Well, I mean, if we're talking about after a couple of beers, oh, there we go. Jesus, here we go. <laughs> there we go. So wizard after dark. Oh yeah. boy. No, I mean, I would have no issue doing it. So obviously. yeah, obviously, yeah. You could do it sober. <laughs> I do everything sober, so if the listeners don't know, I, I've been straight edge since 1994. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't even take aspirin, so my really only vice is eating shitty food and being fat, so <laughs> I gotta have some. My artery, arteries are clogged, but my uh, fire still burns. You Your know? liver is still squishy. That's right. There you go. A good liver and a clogged artery. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a good day. We had a lot of fun at Rhode Island. We're happy to have gone. Thank you so much to Alter Reality Entertainment for giving us the press passes. 
And uh, there'll be tons of content coming out across our social medias and on YouTube. We got a bunch of interviews, a bunch of other stuff. So definitely check it out. But now let's get into the media episode. What everybody is waiting for. <laughs> it's time for our review. The latest movie in the Marvel. Oh, it's not a movie. Okay. Sorry. The latest television series <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's right. Straight from Disney Plus. It's She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Aubrey Litchfield, can you please tell us what She-Hulk Attorney at Law is all about? It's about No, she no, no, no. Look it up on your phone and read us what this is about. Uh, let's see. Right. Jennifer Walters has a complicated life as a single 30-something attorney who also happens to be a green 6-foot-7-inch super-powered Hulk. That's it? Yep. All right, so we're going to get into it non-spoiler as always. Then we will drop the drop delineating spoiler. So if you haven't finished She-Hulk yet, you'll at least know what we thought. The rest of you stick around for some more discussion. So let's get into it. Markellis Regans, non-spoiler, what did you think of She-Hulk? You know, I had some mixed feelings about the show. I could not quite get into it. There are some things that just seemed like it, it didn't fit with everything that I come to love about the MCU beforehand. Uh, so some of the episodes or some parts of the episodes I liked, some of the episodes I didn't like, but by the end of it, by the final episode, I became a super fan of the show. So uh, I will say it, it, it's a rough beginning, but the end of it makes it makes the whole journey worth it. So I, I loved it. Aubrey Litchfield. You know, I'm back and forth on it. I want to really like it and I want to give it a chance but it's so different from the rest of the MCU that it, it like doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, so I think the initial reaction is like, oh, I don't like it. It's not the same. It's not what I'm used to. It's not comfortable. Um, so that I give it a little bit of reluctance because of that. And I don't want to because it, it is different and it is what it's supposed to be. You know, She-Hulk does break that fourth wall and, and everything. So it's, it's, it's tough. It is good and it is done well to what it what its content is, I think. So if you are a She-Hulk comic book fan, I think you're more likely to like it. All dozens of us. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Oh, man. I, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I absolutely loved the show. Wow. I thought it was fucking fantastic. And it, I'll agree with Mark and I'll go into it. You know, when we get into spoilers and stuff, I have some issues with it. But, you know, by the end of the season, it had completely won me over. And I, I thought it was probably my second favorite MCU TV show right now. I'm going to be honest with you. Wow. Like, I really, really liked this. And I'll go into why once we can spoil it because I don't want to ruin anything for people who haven't watched it yet. But, man, I, I really liked this. I really liked it a lot. I did. Okay. But you're also a fan of the comic books, too. Right. And so I, I loved the comic books. Uh this is based off kind of two different runs. One was uh, the first John Byrne run, yeah. which kind of set up all the fourth wall breaking and her fighting ridiculous, dumb villains all the time. <laughs> um, and that was kind of the shtick of it. It was a comedy book. She was fighting the stupidest villains on earth that they could find off the, and these were all real villains that they pulled out of different Marvel books like Dr. Bong. Um, <laughs> he's a guy with a big bell on his head and he has a thing on his hand that hits the bell um, I believe she crossed over with US One at some point, which was a uh, a book about 
cosmic space truckers. Oh, Jesus. Um, so he really dug deep and pulled all these horrendously Z-grade characters out and okay. brought them into the book, and it was great. Um, and then the second run was when she became a lawyer, and it was a big focus on her being a lawyer and wacky hijinks with uh, being a lawyer in the Marvel Universe, whether that was defending Star Fox from sexual harassment because <laughs> that's, that's his superpower is he can charm people and make you do whatever he wants you to do right so you know that was a that was one and, and it was just a really fun couple books i was really looking forward to it uh, and for the most part i think they nailed it so you know I, i'm a fan of this and i know that's not a popular opinion across the internet but i was a fan so two big thumbs up a thumb in the middle but the only way for us to continue talking about this is to spoil it so Check it out if you haven't. The rest of you stick around. Marcellus is going to drop the drop. And let's spoil She-Hulk. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Yeah, Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. <laughs> All right. It is time to spoil the She-Hulk television series. Let's start with Aubrey Litchfield. I'd love to hear some things that you liked about the show. I like the humor. Um, I like that they brought daredevil back um towards the end i like the whole um kevin feige thing at the end <laughs> too the, the ending was really funny it was so messed up and all over the place but it, it just kind of was like making fun of itself which i thought was really funny i like the her friend the the paralegal that she has that it's like her assistant mm-hmm. i think that the humor was really on point is what i'm trying to say the humor was was definitely on point, and I did enjoy it. And I think that they did a really good job with that. All right, Marcellus Reagans, how about you? Yeah, I thought the performances were really good. Tatiana Maslany, you know, when it was rumored that she was going to be cast in it, I was like, oh, that's kind of a, it's too good to be true. Like, she's such a good actress. They would be lucky to have her for the show. And the fact that she got it is amazing. Uh, and they let her, you know, really kind of emphasize her comedic timing uh, i don't think all of the scripts really helped her out in that aspect but she delivered where she could so uh, i like the performances i like that there's no real like they'll just introduce characters like the frog guy and not even really like ribbit and rip it <laughs> <laughs> and not even really go into any backstory or, or any kind of weird thing it's like this is who he is this is what he does just deal with it so that i thought was fun Freaking um, cousin Balky as her dad, uh, I thought was really cool, and but it, the whole thing it is you know it's a roller coaster ride. But the thing that I loved is that the the last episode is so meta, and I love any kind of movies or TV show that does meta well and fun. And the last episode just like it just delivered. I don't want to say a masterpiece, but it was it was amazing. I was stunned at how much I loved the last episode. And it made me forgive anything that I had, any issues I had with the past episodes before that. Uh, even leading up to it, it was just clever. So yeah, I the thing that I love most about it is the way that they wrapped it up and made me excited for another season. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, things I liked about it, definitely the cast, first of all. Um, I don't know how you say her name. The girl, Jamila Jamil. Well, yeah. But no, the <laughs> other girl, uh, the girl played Jennifer Walters. Tatiana Maslany? Yes, Tatiana Maslany. Uh, I didn't ever watch Orphan Black. I tried. People told me it was the best thing since sliced bread. I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it through half an episode. But I thought she was fantastic in this. I will say, um, I'm not 
understanding how we're supposed to believe no one wanted to date Jen if she wasn't <laughs> She-Hulk because she's fucking adorable. Yeah, so, but she, well, whatever, whatever town she lives in must have, like, just an insane amount of, like, I thought she was in L.A. Was it L.A.? Yeah, it was yeah. L.A. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so I, I thought she was great in this, in both roles. I, I loved the fact that there was no big bad. Like, yeah. I think that's ruined a couple things that we've had so far. I thought that ruined Moon Knight. I thought it ruined uh, Miss Marvel. Definitely ruined Miss Marvel. And we talked about that when we reviewed it. It was just, there's no need. Everything doesn't need to have an Avengers level threat appear in the season we don't have to have moon knight taking on gods what the size of the pyramid fighting each other and they're moving the sky around but that was cool it was cool but why can't it just be a story about moon knight yeah you know like nothing sometimes they don't have to have these crazy stakes and and i'll die on that hill where i I thought it ruined miss marvel's first season you know we have this great show about her and her friends and her going to her mosque and her family and then all of a sudden like uh I don't know what the fuck that was about her mom, and they're like going back in time and jumping out of portals and uh, like. All right, I'll I'll admit they didn't quite stick the landing, but I give them credit for attempting to do something to that level. And any the, the by the end of the day, dude, you got what you wanted. It's kids running around a high yeah, school. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that. <laughs> but the, the, the problem for me with that was I enjoyed that aspect to it so much that it just felt like you don't need this mandated, all right, like villain huge. Avengers level threat and everything. It doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be that way. You can put them in that later on. Yeah. When Miss Marvel shows up in the Marvels, she'll be interacting <laughs> with a big threat and that's fine. But yeah. I wanted, I really enjoyed that part of it. So for me with She-Hulk, like one of the best things is that was it. That was, <laughs> it was all just, she becomes She-Hulk. Yeah. Here's her life and the dumb shit that happens to her. And it was for the most part, really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One episode literally is about her just trying to go to her friend's wedding. Right. We didn't need anybody <laughs> jumping out of portals. We didn't need giant beams shooting up in the sky. Mm-hmm. We didn't need any of that stuff. It was just just that. <laughs> Fine. And I loved the fucking characters on this. Um, <laughs> not I, I love Titania. Yes. I love the actress that played her. I think she's smoking hot. Besides that, like the way they took that character from the Marvel comics was an 80s character where it's like leather with spikes all over it. Okay. And she basically has the same powers as She-Hulk. They just fight all the time. Okay. The way they took her and they turned her into like a modern influencer who was fucking annoying. (laughs) It was hilarious. The way they used Wong. I can't remember that girl's name that showed up. That was like a... Madison. Madison, yeah. right. <laughs> She's the best. With her vocal fry. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, I just, I love the obscure characters they were pulling out of nowhere. Mr. Immortal, that's a real character. Oh, the guy that was married to everyone? Right. Yeah. So that's a real character. That's his real power. Um, but they took it and kind of put a spin on it for the show where, okay, this guy's lived forever. He's going to have all these wives and he mm-hmm. uses his fake deaths as a way to get out of the marriages. <laughs> like it was ingenious. And it was fucking hilarious. Um, then, you know, and things they did that you didn't expect. So, you know, Abomination is going to be on the show. So you're right. expecting a big throwdown. No, you didn't get that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, running a commune and it's fucking funny. Like they just did so much stuff like that. And I thought it was really well done. And, and when she went to his commune, Fucking man bull is there. El Aguila oh, that's is right. there. Porcupine <laughs> is there. Uh, I can't remember the vampire guy's name, but uh, Sacrin. Those are all real characters in the comics. They're all Z grade at best. <laughs> right. And El Aguila is always funny to me because in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, 
he's the first one of the first entries. Okay, he starts with A. And I always remember being as a kid, like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and he's barely in any comics. He gives in a couple issues of Power Man and Iron Fist, and, and that was it. But my God, like live action El Aguila, and it's Deep fucking cut. funny, man. It was good. So I, I thought that was funny, and I loved the ending. I love the meta ending. We get the full She Hulk uh, when she popped out of the menu on yeah. Disney Plus. That was great, amazing homage to um you know when she in her own book where she solved her problems sometimes by ripping the panel in half and walking through the other page like that was great stuff i really liked that i thought kevin was hilarious and you know she's asking when we're getting the x-men come on that was amazing it was really good i love that daredevil had to do the walk of shame home from her house (laughs) with her shoes on you know i i really thought when this show hit it hit 10 out of 10 okay I really, like, really enjoyed this. I love that it was a half an hour long. Yes. I could sit down and watch it with a snack. Done. Even when I fell behind to catch up and review it here, we were about three episodes behind. We all watched it mm-hmm. real quick. Nobody wanted to get up. Nobody left. I felt those last three episodes were probably the strongest. But, you know, I, I loved the fact it was short. It was fun. And it wasn't crazy heavy into the world, blah, 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 blah. It was just fun. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed it, man. I had a really good time. But there's got to be something you didn't like about it. Marcellus Reagans, is there anything you did not like about this show? Yeah, it was a little tough to get into. Um, I will say one other thing that I, I forgot to mention of things that I liked was the credits. They'll the last do like, episode? No, just for, for all of the credits. If you watch the whole episode, by the time oh, you the get to the end. the credits at the end. Yeah. yeah. They'll do like uh, like courtroom sketches, uh, and it's usually the same ones. You, you know, if you watch the end of a TV show, it's something that they'll play during their, during the closing credits. And you know, they'll you know it'd be like a, a courtroom sketch of Jennifer Walters turning into She Hulk, and it's usually the same thing. But in between, they'll include scenes that are part of the story, but were not part of the show. So it's like getting bonus content, but you have to really paying attention to it. Usually when the credits start, I'm just like, ah, whatever. But uh, I learned quickly, if you pay attention to the credits, you'll get a little bit more story in there. And I thought that was actually pretty cool because I've never seen that done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different every week. So I enjoyed that. Um, things that I didn't like. Before you get into things you didn't like, <laughs> yes. I also forgot something I liked, which was the opening credits of the final episode. Oh my was God. an homage to the 70s Incredible <laughs> Hulk. And I was laughing so hard, I was crying. <laughs> they are exact down yes. to the the final moment as soon as it started i go oh my god and i was fucking rolling yeah if you were a fan of the original incredible hulk show you would love that scene it's amazing the fact that someone thought of that and they pulled mm-hmm. it off and the fact that they showed part of that in the trailer for she-hulk mm-hmm. like when when the trailer for she-hulk came out and the first image that we saw were scenes from the very last episode that's pretty ballsy yeah. for marvel um, okay, now we'll go to things right. I didn't like. <laughs> so things I didn't like. It's not much. It was the show is a little tough for me to get into, uh, but like I said, it, some the jokes were hit or miss. But when it ended, that made it all worth it. Uh, they did not bring Madison back, which I was kind of disappointed because she was actually I thought for sure she was going to be annoying. Like I thought for sure the internet would just go to town and be like, "What the hell is happening with this chick?" But th- it was just the opposite. Everybody loved her. Um, and I thought she was fun, so I was expecting her to come back. She didn't come back. She'll be back in season two, oh, I think, after the reaction. Yeah, yeah. Yep. definitely, definitely. She might even be in a movie. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> she, when she, she pops up at, at the end of Wakanda Forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's your after credit scene. 
All right, guys, uh, just a quick heads up. You're going to notice all of a sudden it sounds different. We had a little mishap with the recording. No harm, no foul, but we're going to finish up the episode and finish up our review of She-Hulk. So in your mind, just pretend that we're still all sitting in the same room. It was nice while it lasted, wasn't it, guys? It was, yes. Yeah, I def- I should have knocked on wood when we started recording, like I said, but nope. I knocked on Aubrey's book, so it's, I'm going to blame Aubrey. I know, they were dead trees. <laughs> it was dead one. <laughs> all right, so we're still talking about things we didn't like about the show. Aubrey Litchfield, things you did not like about the full season of She-Hulk, colon, Attorney at Law. Um, like I said, I, I wanted to give it a fair shot. It uh, It is much different than uh, any other MCU thing. So like that kind of feels icky and nobody likes change. And, and I don't, I don't want to fault it for that because it, it it's, you know, it, it follows what it's supposed to. It does what it's supposed to. She breaks the, the fourth wall like she does in the comics and everything. And, and I respect that. It just doesn't feel right. And so I think that's why a lot of people are bitching about it. But I don't really like the amount of love story that's in it. I don't I don't think it's necessary to see that she just continues to fail at dating all the time. I think that love stories in anything are so played out. I bitch about it in everything. I, I don't really care about it. You know, and it makes it it gives it this idea that romance is the end all to be all and that's like the peak of everybody's life is when they find somebody else and it's played out i don't really i want to learn about that person i want to learn about their story and i want to learn about their how they struggled dating people been there done that it's in every single movie every single show every single everything okay so aubrey hates love <laughs> <laughs> Anything else besides your hatred of love and happiness? <laughs> no, that was about it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, what did I not like about this? Um, I think the first couple episodes were rough. I think there was a rough opening. And I assumed it was going to be a rough opening because her origin in the comics is so goofy and stupid that they just had to get it out of the way. Unlike the Hulk, who has a classic origin that Makes sense, I guess. Sure. <laughs> in a way, for the 60s. Um, you know, in the comics, uh, she gets in an accident and Bruce gives her a blood transfusion, which turns her into the She-Hulk. And that's dumb, but it also makes <laughs> Bruce look like a colossal asshole because he gave her that blood that he had to know was going to do either kill her or do something to her. So th- that was not really going to work. So I think they just got it out of the way. As fast as possible, even if it was kind of whack. Um, yeah, I think that first episode, and maybe a little bit of the second one, was a little rough. I think they were rough. And I think it really finds its feet in the third episode to what I wanted from it, which was to be these wacky lawyer in the MCU adventures. Mm-hmm. And I was glad we didn't get any big bad or anything like that. It was just literally about her life. So I liked all that about it. I mean, I could I could understand the dating stuff. I mean, I could have done without some of it, but, you know, it served its purpose and it was a little much for me. Like after a while, like I did start to feel bad for her. <laughs> like like it, it, we're supposed to believe that nobody wants to date uh, Jen Walters. Like she's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's really, if she's having trouble dating, I hope I am never single in my life. I'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's really it. There really wasn't much to dislike here. And I know it's gotten some hate on the internet from, for some stuff, but I think it was really just those first two episodes were a little rough and it depends on what you're looking for from it. If you are that type of person who wants that, you're like, yes, I want big picture, widescreen action, adventure, Avengers movies nonstop. Like this is not for you. Right. This isn't going to be for you. Uh, this is not that show. But for me, for what I was looking for, from what I know of the character, once we got kind of into episode three, when we had Megan, the stallion appears and then wacky magician guy and <laughs> like all these different ridiculous characters that were showing up into random lawsuits and things. That's exactly what I wanted from the show. And I was happy from there. So for, to me, that's really the only downside I saw about it was maybe a little less romance, a little more wacky courtroom stuff. And, uh, you know, just those first two episodes were rough, but I, I just don't know how you establish everything in 45 minutes without kind of rushing or kind of glossing over stuff. So, yeah, I think they've definitely done enough of the big superhero, big widescreen epic stuff uh, over these past 10, 12 years that, you know, it's nice of them to try to do something a little bit different, uh, completely different than what they've done before. And, you know, you can uh, judge them on their success or failure based on the show. You know, that's your own opinion. But I think they pulled it off. I thought it was a, a big success. So, yeah, I, I don't I, I agree with you about the. The first couple episodes getting into it that I wasn't quite sure about, but uh, I think they pulled it off. Yeah. And I'm and I'll bang on this drum forever, I guess, on this show. But I I think that Moon Knight and Miss Marvel were hampered by having to be huge universe challenging villains uh, in the show. You didn't need that for either of them. And to finally see them have that kind of click and be like, you know what? Not every hero has to face an Avengers level threat in everything. Right. <laughs> like it's okay to just have She Hulk having trouble dating and dealing with fucking leapfrog. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's okay. So, you know, really to me that was a great right turn they finally took to kind of realize that we'll see. not not three right turns, Mark, but only okay. one. Um we'll see if they can uh keep up the the level of quality as we move forward but uh yeah just a couple quick questions for you guys um how did you feel about the cameos the different characters that showed up aubrey who was your favorite uh cameo character in this was it leapfrog was it megan the stallion i thought it was really cool to see leapfrog i thought it was funny and then uh infinity man and uh i was really excited to see charlie cox back he and he's always going to be daredevil to everybody i don't think that they should ever recast him so I thought that that was pretty cool. It was nice to see a comedic side of his character after three seasons plus appearances and defenders being kind of grim and gritty. So yeah. it was nice to see that his, his walk of shame was one of the funniest moments in the series to me, but Marcellus Reagans, what was your favorite cameo from the series? Uh, it's a toss up. It's uh, between daredevil and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a cameo. I don't know if he's based on a character, but that that character is just ridiculous. And uh, Scar, son of Hulk, that was just out of left field and just completely ridiculous that it's in this show. So, uh, yeah, those are my favorite ones. Yeah. And to me, I think at that point in the series, when we got to the end of the episode, they had earned the right for just stupid ass shit is going to happen. Right. 
So, yes, the Hulk is going to show up at their backyard picnic. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was on another planet. Here's my son with a terrible haircut. <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty much just like all bought in at that point. Uh, for me, I think the best cameos was well, obviously, everybody loved Daredevil being in it. And so did I. But to me, the best cameos was when she went to uh, Abomination's retreat and it was filled with like Z grade characters like oh, El right. Aguila and fucking Porcupine and Sarkin and uh, Man Bull absolutely ridiculous those are all real characters they're all terrible and, and to see them in live action i was absolutely rolling the whole time um, el aguila famously uh one of the first entries in the official handbook of the marvel universe deluxe edition from the 80s uh, and just a terrible lame-ass character to see him in live action and be enjoyable is, is just the funniest shit on earth to me so yeah i mean that was my favorite cameos you guys all in for season two yes yeah, I think maybe I'll like season two a little bit more now that I've gotten my feet wet with this one. We'll see. Maybe your expectations will be a little different. I hope so. All right. Well, the only thing left to do is to give it a score. We're going to score it from zero to five, with five being the best and zero being the worst. Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got for She-Hulk? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Wow. Okay. A four. There's a huge high score from Aubrey. Mark Ellis Reagan. Yeah, as we started, uh, as I started watching the show, I didn't think it was going to rate high at all. Uh, and then as I got towards the end, I was going to give it a four. But talking about it tonight and, and you know, talking about it with you guys and reliving some of these ridiculous things, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I think it's it. the last episode just just knocks it right out of the park. It's just amazing television. So, uh, yeah, it, it earns that extra half for me. All right. Well, I, I'm also going to go to a four and a half, Mark Ellis, because I was a four. But just like you mentioned, that final episode was fantastic. And those final opening credits modeled after the old school Hulk TV show. Genius. Perfection. Yeah. Total perfection. Just got it so right. I was dying when it was on. I was literally laughing so hard. I had tears coming down my face because it was shot for shot. And it was so funny. So. To me, four and a half out of five. This is my second favorite MCU show, only beaten by WandaVision. So that is it. That's our review of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Let us know on social media. Hit us up. Tell us what you thought. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up and get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Marcellus Riggins, what do you got? Uh, I would say I would like to recommend... Buckaroo Banzai. It's, it's, <laughs> You'd like to re recommend Ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> it's streaming right now on Pluto and Tubi, and no one knows what the movie is about, so you can watch it if you haven't seen it before, and maybe you can let us know what the movie is about. I think it's ridiculous and awesome, uh, but I haven't watched it in a while. Shout out to Peter Weller, the, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Peter Weller, the official historian on Rome. All right. The director. <laughs> yeah, he didn't just try to direct. He directed, all right? So. He did. Aubrey uh, Litchfield, what do you got? Um, I'm going to recommend everybody watch this show on Netflix called The Watcher. It's uh, like a thriller, mystery kind of show about these people that get letters in the mail. It's uh, got the dude from Everybody Loves Raymond on it. and is it, It's pretty cool. It's interesting. It, it'll keep you interested for a little bit. Put it all on while you right. fold laundry. 
I uh, I watched that with my wife actually, so my wife really enjoyed it. And uh, I will suggest that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right hand side of the page. Links to all our YouTube, Patreon content. It's all there at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. We'll be uploading videos from Rhode Island Comic Con all week. So you can be there if you weren't through us. Live vicariously through us and the YouTube channel. And, of course, our Patreon where you can monetarily support the show at patreon.com backslash so wizard podcast get extra exclusive content this month it is the only place to hear our review of weird the weird al yankovic story which i'm very excited to talk about with these guys let me tell you after i watched it last night and i am not going to give away what i thought but i'm very excited to speak with these guys about i expect very varying opinions so (laughs) All that being said, of course, before I get into my recommendation, huge shout out to Altered Reality Entertainment, people behind Rhode Island Comic Con for giving us the press passes and the opportunity to cover the con. Greatly appreciate it every single year. And my recommendation is that you do jump on to Tubi. Tubi is an app filled with free movies, and you can watch them on your phone, on your Fire Stick, whatever device you have that gets apps on it. And you have to watch commercials to watch the, the movie, but they're not too bad. And it's just filled with terrible movies. And that's the best part of it all is just filled with God awful movies. So all those movies you normally would see at Redbox, and you're like, what? I don't remember that movie existing. There it is on Tubi, including sequels to War of the Worlds. Yes. There's a sequel to Tom Cruise War of the Worlds starring William Baldwin. And it's real bad. <laughs> What is William Baldwin doing? It's like he's in every bad movie. Private school ain't cheap, you know? <laughs> he's got to make that money. So uh, he's got to pay for Alex's bills for the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hopefully he's not shooting any guns on set. But um, yeah, there's tons of terrible movies on there, and they're all awesomely bad. So like not quite the right movie. Like there's a Goosebumps movie, but then there's also like R.L. Stein's fucking like Halloween movie. That's like a ripoff of Hocus Pocus. That's on Tubi. Like, oh my God, so much crap on there. It's great. So a world where thousands of bad movies are at our fingertips comes through Tubi. So please check it out. And that, my friends, is going to do it for episode number 431 of the So Wizard podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-host, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. I'm hungry. And the experts, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Uh, everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. That's right, guys. We'll see you next week when we review Black Panther Wakanda forever. So get ready. Good journey. <laughs>